This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. The force is strong with them. Oh, I agree, Master Plo. The force is very strong with these conversations. This is the conversation you're looking for. Welcome to Conversations. I'm Charles. And I'm Pat. And this is Banter Fodder, Episode 4. A long time ago in a van on the way to Orlando, a couple of nerds had a series of conversations. (laughs) And much to our wife's chagrins, they have not stopped. (laughs) No, no. And much Uh, of our listenership. in, In our defense, it's only really been one conversation. Right. And it's been continuous right right the ellipses the dashes the pregnant pauses are lousy in that one conversation it's a run-on sentence and the the semicolons um but speaking of semicolons we brought friends today (laughs) we did (laughs) hopefully they brought better jokes than that one (laughs) hey there's a segue in everything somewhere there is you just gotta find it Rip it out and bend it to your will. There we go. Well, we got two fantastic guests today um, that really, you know, go back to the start of our podcast and our uh, sort of friendship online and uh, people who have really helped us uh, not only get to a wider uh, wider audience, but also have become some great friends with, with fantastic ways of approaching the fandom. We've got... Jeff from the Blue Milk Cafe, and we got Anthony, a rural farm boy. Thanks, guys, for joining us. Anytime. Oh, dang. Chuck, Charles, thanks. Well, that's that's the honest <laughs> truth. I mean, both of you guys have been supportive, but also great, you know, back and forth and great opinions and, and great thoughts, but also positive swings to uh, all the different ways that the, the fandom works and, and different opinions, but also open-minded, which are some of the, you know, some of the most important pieces of, you know, what keeps the... Uh, the fandom, but also in, especially on social media, balanced and, and happy and, you know, with as many opinions that there are out there, especially with the, the four of us here spanning those three trilogies from the start to the finish, it really does give an interesting perspective how all those pieces uh, work together and how you can come back in and leave the fandom or sort of not abandon it, but take a pause and come back. And it's, it's I guess, testament to just how good the story is that we keep coming back to it. And how exciting is it um, with the 40th year of Empire just to see that staying power and um, everyone um, that loved it back then still loves it and uh, new people love it. It's really cool. That is very cool. Yep. And there's still different things to talk about. There's still little uh, pieces that you can look into and say, well, interpret them differently. And as, as everyone ages, you get different looks and different opinions about those types of things. And that makes that's what makes the, uh, the movies that you know, fascinating, and how almost from the way that the the trilogy, original trilogy, started, and this is maybe a great way to start the topic is like when we look at the original trilogy in 1977 and A New Hope or Star Wars is when it came out. You know, obviously turned the industry on its head for uh, space fantasy and launched an entire new way of looking at movies and and, and special effects and you know, taking a sort of a standard story and, and 
putting it in a context of something that really not many other movies have done in the past and give it the staying power that we've seen through the original trilogy. And obviously from the uh, from A New Hope to Empire then to the Revenge of uh, sorry the Return of Return of the Jedi, those three movies as a set became uh, a three-part story that defined a generation. And the three of us have three different entry points into those those three movies. But we'd love to find out what you guys uh, have thought. And we'll start with uh, Jeffrey. Uh, how, once we went through those three movies, how did you feel like as a at the age you were then, how did you feel about the end of these movies and maybe not even knowing that anything else was coming? And this, wow, that was a th- those were three great movies. What's next? Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was. Just, I thought it was the end, as we all did, and I wasn't. I, if you listen to my recent conversation with Dave over on Tatooine Sons, really was didn't get into the EU. Really wasn't reading the books. So, my my only fix was to wait for those movies to come out in VHS, and rewatch them and live them again and again, as much as I did, and. Yeah, that's what I was thinking, and then I, I just thought it was done. But, you know, all of a sudden we get the news in 90, when we get that news, 98? Yeah, yeah, it came out in 99. So. 90, yeah. 95, 96, I would say. Cool. Okay. The special editions came out in 97. Mm. Oh, that's all right. right. That's why he was ramping up to the prequels. Yeah. I, I lo- literally almost... A thirty-year-old man losing his mind. No, <laughs> Star Wars. So, seconded. Yeah, the, the <laughs> times, I was just, uh, you know, just wearing out my uh, VHS tapes. <laughs> so, Speaking but, of VHS tapes, that's what we were concerned about with the uh, with the original trilogy, the widescreens. Yes. Remember? Uh, yes. And we got the new, we got the VCR, and we're like, okay, we got to be smart about this. Yes. <laughs> We uh we got a VHS. Pat still had his uh, special edition widescreen uh, box set, and mm-hmm. um, we acquired a VHS that was still functioning. And for five bucks of uh, VHS and a three pack of Sacri tapes, as we called them, um, we <laughs> we wanted to make sure that these VHS tapes weren't going to chew up the the right ones. So we pre-tested and uh and all this different kind of stuff to make sure that you know they didn't get chewed up but uh uh-huh. yeah that was uh that was very special little yeah. kalima kalima <laughs> we were all set to uh to Sacrifice. to what it was the first time we'd seen the untouched trilogy in what a decade at yes. least yes yeah it was mm-hmm. momentous yes it was awesome. fantastic yeah. yeah and what about you anthony how did you um how did you move away from after enjoying the three movies and then heading into the dark times of some people and myself included uh, talk like how did you head into, the, into that part? Oh, after Jedi. Oh, yeah, boy. <laughs> I didn't ever really go and put it down because I can remember 84, 85. Well, I graduated high school in 1985. And then the year after that, I was still running. I got my first job out of high school and had a paycheck that I could pay for my insurance and bought me a vehicle. I can still remember running around up here to different toy stores like KB and there was a, um, right. a chain of a chain of local toy stores up here 
that's long gone now. It's called Children's Palace. I can remember scouring those and finding like the tie interceptor and the Y wing and the V wing and all these different figures. Yeah, even up into 87, 88, I was still just, when we thought, just like Jeff said, we thought, it, you know, that was it. It's done. It's gone. And then I ended up stepping away and kind of put that interest in my back pocket for a little bit. I got interested in the history and became a historical reenactor mm -hmm. and put all my attention into that. And then it was come around 95 when we were first hearing about there's going to be a sequel trilogy. But before that, <laughs> there's going to be special edition versions of how George wanted to tell these stories but couldn't because the technology weren't there. And to speak to put beside something Charles was saying earlier, that when what we call a New Hope Now first come out, it did turn everything on its head, not just in a way of watching, but how films was to be made. Everything that Lucasfilm done, they're still doing it. They're still teaching other other movie making companies how to do things that ain't never been done. Mm. I mean, look what they're doing at the Mandalorian. Nobody else has done this That's kind of stuff. That's a good point. Yep. Very good point. LFL, always out front. Have been for 43 years. Yeah. But, yeah, they're certainly way ahead of the curve. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I just finished watching the eighth episode of the Mandalorian Gallery series on Disney+. Plus. Had yeah. no idea that droid, just found out that droid in the Mos Eisley Cantina was Mark Hamill. Who knew? Oh, my gosh. Wow, that hey, is Mark. fantastic. Hey, Mark. <laughs> yeah, who did? Just to finish me off for coming back out of the dark times, was still involved in that historical reenaction and learning new Star Wars stuff was coming. And oh, Pat, man. what about you? Oh, man. Uh, very much uh, like Anthony, I would. Um... I would call because I was I didn't have my license yet, but I would call um, all of the local toy stores, and I'm sure looking back on it, I'm sure I bugged the hell out of everyone because like every week I'd be like, "So you guys have like Hawthorne Solo? You guys have uh, you guys have the Ewoks? What, what what do you got? What do you got? Every every time, and I'd be like, I I I would like to think. That they appeased me and, and went over to the Star Wars aisle and, and looked through them. But I feel like many of them were like, no, nah, we don't got that one. And nope. then, yeah, just kind of. For a couple minutes. Yeah. <laughs> their watch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that ain't nothing over there. Right, exactly. I, I feel nowadays, I feel like if I was that person, I would have been like, nah. Unless it was Star Wars. Then I'd be like, yeah, let me go check. <laughs> um, but. So then, I could I could see I could see Pat going as far as so what you got in the back you ain't brought out yet. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's exactly. back there. <laughs> hey, it worked out to get Honda last week. That's yeah. true. Um, can, I, can I go? Can I go in the back and look? Yeah, right. <laughs> I'll be Let real quick. Trust you, but <laughs> we, we know how you guys operate. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So so that kind of um, that was huge for me um, to get from Jedi to Phantom Menace because um, I had the toys. Mm. I had the figures. And, um, <laughs> Not the dolls. So, 
Right, right. So I, um, I was able to kind of, uh, you know, duplicate adventures and create new adventures in my basement. Mm. And um, like I, I know that Charles and I had spoken about this at one point. I had um, the whole Hoth scene. I had I had the walkers. I had the snow speeders and all like suspended from the rafters in my basement. And um, yeah, like the, the snow speeder zooming in like this, right with right. the with the cord around the thing, and um, and I'm sure like my dad was cool because he was like, all right, you know, you've taken over my basement with your toys, whatever. <laughs> but I'm sure that my mother was um, uh, quite um, perturbed uh, with my hijacking of their entire storage space with my toys <laughs> um but i loved it so um that's kind of uh what what got me through and then um and then of course when they announced the uh the prequel trilogy it was oh well now i have all new stories to yep. tell and, and mm. figures to collect and everything else <laughs> My parents were like, not again. <laughs> <laughs> we thought this was done. <laughs> yes. So we know somehow some other franchise got Charles through uh, the dark time. Yes. Well, that's it. So I think that for me, after the Jedi, it was um, what happened with me was I didn't like like Jeff. I didn't have the. Um, the, the not, I didn't even know that the books were there, were available. I'd never really sort of delved into that. And. Uh, not available in Canada. Yes, yeah, we're printed. <laughs> They're only printed in French. Um, they, so I never la guerre des étoiles. Um, so the uh, I, you know, I had the toys still, and um, I never got rid of those. Um, I did trade some of them when, as I was, you know, for other different kinds of toys and everything, and GI Joe, whatever was was popular in the day, but. Um, I still always had some of my original uh, series um, figures. And they were kicking around. I had the movies on VHS. Nothing really, you know, it was there, but it was never gone, I would say. It just sort of like went from, uh, you know, a fast boiled to a simmer for those years. And then when Star Trek Next Generation came around, which was, you know, obviously science fiction versus, <laughs> and Pat's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, I really got that into that. Exactly. <laughs> the... That's this, those stories, um, the the science fiction, the space setting, carried me through, and it was obviously some for me. I love the, the next generation; some great, you know, great characters, great stories, um, societal commentary, with maybe more of a more of a an affront than uh, than Star Wars was in a more subtle way. But so it it definitely carried me over. When I remember hearing about the special editions coming out, I believe I actually watched the the VHS tapes more than I did the uh, the movies. I don't even think I actually went to the theaters to see them, um, the special editions, that is. I don't have a memory of that, so I'm not quite sure. And I was, most much like you guys, ecstatic when I heard about the new trilogy coming out. It's like, more Star Wars movies. Wow, this is going to be amazing. I couldn't believe it. Really couldn't believe it. And it sort of made sense for me at that point that they were going to go back in time for Episode 1, 2, and 3. Um I understood the swing of it, and I was, I was over the moon excited about that. Wow, that's awesome. I mean, you know, except for that Star Trek stuff. But, um... <laughs> Pat blanked out for that. I 
don't know what happened to him, but he wasn't there. Glassy <laughs> <laughs> stare. Yes. Well, well, I mean, I got in my transporter and just no, I can't say that. Okay, that didn't happen. Um, oh man. So then there was the next gap, which was nowhere near as long, because. Um, you know, we went from the end of the cinematic universe, as it were, which at this point, you've got to complete six movies. Mm-hmm. If you start with four, like, you have to go back to one to three. You don't necessarily have to add seven, eight, and nine. Mm. So at this point, okay, maybe they really are done. Um, and then, you know, a few years after Revenge of the Sith is when the Clone Wars came out, the first not only first television of um, Star Wars, but also the first real animation from Star Wars. And um, it's, it's, it reminds me of when uh, Dave Filoni got the call about doing the Clone Wars. And um, he thought it was a joke because he thought it was people playing a prank on him because they said Lucasfilm animation. And he's like, there is no Lucasfilm animation. I mean... I mean, it it would be great if there was Lucasfilm animation, (laughs) because that's just good Star Wars. But um, there's the Filoni impression right there. (laughs) Woohoo! But um, yeah, so so there was another um, another dark time with no no real necessarily a reason to see more movies on the horizon. Because you had your whole Anakin story, you know, and one through three were now out. And, you know, so then, so then, Anthony, what were you thinking at, at that time? After Revenge of the Sith? Yeah, and then that, that lull of, of filmed entertainment. Oh, again, it was through that trilogy was a second round of now I've got three girls and... Still got the same job and running around through stores, scouring for everything to add to the collection. <laughs> yes. Which, um, sad story for a different time. The collection went a different. It and I parted ways, not way of my choosing. But at the end of that, yeah, I thought for the second time that, all right, we got three more stories, and this was the end. Mm. And then we were here in about Clone Wars. They're gonna, George wants to tell us these stories. We got to see the, the start of it. We didn't get to see the three years of it and we got to see the end of it. But what all took place in the middle on that three years? And I was late to it. I didn't, yep. I didn't get to the 2008 movie for, oh boy. I want to say about six or seven years. And then I didn't dive into watching the series till probably, I want to say 2014. And I just, over a couple weekends, I binged the crap out of them. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Finish the crap out of them. Yes. Yeah. Because I wanted, to be, I wanted to be told those stories. I've yeah. always been about, tell me, tell me a story. Mm-hmm. I don't ever have a want of it because I know it ain't mine. And I, I don't have an I don't know how to have an expectation to I want to see this character 
or these characters go here or say this. I don't know how to do that because I know none of it's mine. Mm-hmm. But I love them for George wanting to take this and share this. I think with your um, your love for history and, and reenacting and those sorts of things would um, you know this is sort of in the trenches. This is that sort of um, uh, you know um, soldiers kind of having each other's backs and and um, telling those stories that you would read about and and know about for your um, for your other hobbies outside of Star Wars if they exist. Um, <laughs> yeah, even one of those hobbies let me. To everybody always wants to find we all want to find this way of that's a lot of why folks collect things because we can't go to that galaxy but we want to have a part of some part of it to make us feel like we're that's why folks collect mm. that's what led me for five years joining garrison Corita and i was a stormtrooper i was a biker scout i was a tie pilot so cool that's awesome yeah yeah that was my way to I'm going to find some way to get to that galaxy. <laughs> I did it. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Jeff. Yes. How'd you make your way through? Um, much like Anthony, I was late to the party on the Clone Wars animated series. That's all right. Charles slept through the movie. Something like that. <laughs> Everybody will know that by the time we finish this thing. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I... you, you may proceed. <laughs> I know I didn't sleep through it, but <laughs> I didn't see it until maybe 2010, 2011. Then after that, I heard about the animated series, didn't start watching it right away. But like Anthony, when I did start watching it, I watched the crap out of it and m- may have gotten through the entire. Well, I was able to get caught up, let's say, because they were still making them. I was able to get caught up by like three, four weeks. Just watched, wow. continuously was watching them. Maybe watched like same episodes three or four times. Mm-hmm. They were just so good. And seeing the actual Clone Wars was great. Because that's one of the things that disappointed me about episode two. It, <laughs> the Clone Wars. Mm-hmm. And... They ended the movie at the beginning of the war. And when they picked it up in the third one, they were already towards the end of the war. Mm. I was like, what happened? <laughs> so, but yeah, that's what just made the Clone Wars so awesome for me is actually seeing the war. So, yeah, I, that's how I made through. I, I, I just binged the crap out of the Clone Wars animated series. And then we got the news that Disney bought Lucasfilm got news that they were, yes, we were making more movies, and right now, like everyone's saying, we're living living in the golden ages of Star Wars, so it's it's great. Yeah, and we're getting made fun of less and less, which I yeah. think is exciting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah, everyone wants to be the, you know, geek now, and that, oh, yeah. that they're actually calling other people posers, so... It's yeah, great. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I mean, my entire childhood, I was ridiculed by my older brother for um, being a Star Wars nerd, mm-hmm. and now he's like, "Which one should I show my kid?" Oh, the Mandalorian's <laughs> awesome. I love, and I'm like, ah, "Welcome to the party, pal." Guess what? Uh, well, We're full. My, my, <laughs> older brother, 
my older brother wasn't that bad because he liked Star Wars too when we were kids. He was only he's only like a year and a half older than me. And my dad took us to see the original New Hope. Both of us, same time, saw it together. We both loved it. But, yeah, I know what you're saying. My brother's actually texting me and asked me questions. Like, the other day, I guess he, he ran across Rogue One on one of his streaming things. And he took a screenshot of it and texted it to me and goes, which one is this and where does it fall in the timeline? Oh, wow. So, I was like, okay. So I explained it to him, and he was like, okay. And he goes, is, is it worth me watching it? And I was like, yes! <laughs> yes! <laughs> I, was like, I was like, watch it up to the end. I said, it ties. I said, after the end of it, you're going to want to watch A New Hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he texts me about two hours later, and he goes, I'm starting to watch A New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> we like your brother. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. I mean, yeah, he's not as a big as geek as I am, but... At least he he knows who to come to for the question, questions and answers. I mean, come on. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I'm watching a new hope now. Yeah. <laughs> well, after this, I'm going and watching Rogue One. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then a new hope. <laughs> yeah, then a new hope. Likely. Likely. <laughs> then maybe Empire, and then Jedi. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> We'll see. we'll see how the weekend ends up. for the day, you're canceled. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be the first to admit that, uh, you know, my name is Charles, and I did not like the uh, prequel trilogy. Um, you know, when that came out, it was... Asterisk at the time. At the time, absolutely. It was um, It was a... I remember I took my little brother, um, uh, like little brother, big brothers, big sisters, that, that program. Uh, at the time, I had a little brother, and I took him to go and see The Phantom Menace. And I was, of course you know, over the moon excited to see it. And he was, you know, he knew of Star Wars and had some of the toys, but I believe he had seen some of the original trilogy. And um, I enjoyed the movie okay, but it wasn't, it certainly wasn't my Star Wars at the time. And I definitely had a harder time fitting it in. I liked some of the characters, but nothing, it was never that great. Uh, I actually don't have memories of watching Attack of the Clones. And... (laughs) Um, in theaters at least. And then I remember Revenge of the Sith. That was my favorite of the three. But it definitely had uh, a uh, flat effect on me in the fandom for the movies. And I still always went back to the original trilogy. It was always my go-to. And I remember hearing about the Clone Wars, the Clone War movie. Had absolutely no intention of seeing it. Did not like the art style at all. Um, and the stories. I didn't really. First of all, I didn't have any access to the. Uh, was it Disney XD that they were on, or which which? Uh, yeah, it started yeah. on Disney XD. Yeah, it started on Cartoon well, Network and then yeah, went to Disney Cartoon. XD. Gotcha. So maybe if I had seen like sort of you know getting past my you know idiotic uh, uh, opinion about animation in the sense that you know story should rule all so yeah i mean it's it's an animation style but the stories are fantastic so if i was able if i would have been able to catch some of the stories i maybe would have a different opinion of it but that entire block of time for me was for me almost like another dark time you know it's like well star wars was there but it wasn't as strong as it was in fact you know you look at jj and his uh his reboot of the star trek uh series uh was one of the things that i enjoyed back then but there's so much more entertainment at that point that had again like anthony and jeff were both saying that it had you know the way star wars really um 
created a new industry of science fiction. And there was a plethora of, of interesting movies at that point that explored science fiction and fantasy and space and all that stuff sort of stuff. So Star Wars was there, never really gone. But this that batch of movies and the Clone Wars for me weren't anywhere near my wheelhouse. So it was a dark time, of course, until I met Pat. But um, yeah, so for me, it was a... It wasn't exactly the the best time, Pat. What about you? Come on. You got through it. Um, I um, did not watch the Clone Wars series or the um, the the early Star Wars Clone Wars um, micro series. Ah, uh, yes. Initially, either, uh, but I got tired of not having new Star Wars. And I was like, well, I'll give this a try. Um, years in, I think, when it when when it hit Netflix. So, like, right before season six. Mm. I think, like, tail end of season five, they started putting the early ones on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, you know, I'll check it out because I need more Star Wars in my life. Because um, <laughs> even now, I need more Star Wars in my life. So, um got involved in that and was like, okay, you know, not crazy about the animation style either, but um, figured I'd give it a shot, and then not crazy about Ahsoka and all of that stuff. But I was like, let me, let me give it a try, and now I love Ahsoka. She's my favorite of all time, and um, I've got my, my daughter's headpiece over here. Um <laughs> Because I mean, what's what's a love of a character if you don't cosplay the heck out of it five times? <laughs> um, Not personally, but at least you build it. Right, right. And she like wears it once and gets uh, accosted by stormtroopers, and she's like, "All right, that was fun. Here's the outfit back." And I'm like, okay, well. Guess I'm gonna have to dress up like her now. It has lights in it, and you do. Mm. It has lights in it. <laughs> it does. It does. It's LEDs. It's fantastic. Uh, God. So anyway, now she wants a, a, a series finale uh, Ahsoka from Clone Wars. Of course. You're going to wear this one twice? Um, <laughs> double. That's double the wearing time. Um, and like Galaxy's Edge is in your backyard. This is the best chance for you to, to wear killer cosplays. Um, however, um, I did get into it and got wrapped up in it, sucked down that, you know, hyperspace lane and, um, then forced it down your throat, which you, you thank me for every day. Well, I do. And it's, you know, that, and that leads us into like the third part where I have a completely different set of glasses on now for the Star Wars, the entire saga, but also the Star Wars universe from the Clone Wars, which immense for me, night and day effect on the entire prequel trilogy because it fed into it and it's it uh it enhanced all those pieces and you you had um kind of uh placed the films higher than the animation mm -hmm. you know not having seen them right but the animation enriches the films mm -hmm. which makes you now appreciate the prequel trilogy absolutely absolutely and then you've got rebels that came out which also then enhances, you know, the uh, just before the original trilogy. And then you've got yep. the books that, uh, you know, that I'm reading. And you've got the comics that Pat's reading. And we've got all of this material suddenly. Now, a lot of it, of course, was there that I wasn't aware of in the um, expanded universe that, you know, Disney sort of just cut that line in the sand. Okay, everything before here is not. Everything after is. 
So there's some great stories out there as well, as we all know. But the depth of story that we now have available in so many different media and how that supports not everything that's come beforehand from the original trilogy to the prequel trilogy and now into the sequel trilogy, how has, and I'll start with you, Jeff, uh, how has this supplemental material, however you can consume it, whether it's you watch a, a, a video game cut screens on YouTube that someone put together, or you sort of get highlights of a story from, uh, from a podcast that you listen to, or you read the book yourself, how have all these supplemental materials helped you get from the original trilogy and now throughout the sequel trilogy? Well, I'll, I'll start with the most recent video game, the Jedi Fallen Order. Mm. That, that was one that's, I have Battlefront 2, but never really was able to get very far in that story mode, so I just kind of gave up on it. <laughs> but when Jedi Fallen Order came along, all of a sudden, I found a Star Wars video game that I can play and I actually finished, so I was able to work my way through that story, and now I want to see more stories about uh, Cal Kestis. I want to see more stories about Mirren, the Night Sister. I mean, I just I want to see more stories about these video game characters that I had no idea about. No one did until the game came out, and um, heck, I think I've played through the game now like three or four times just because wow. so much and plus the ending of it you know, spoilers who who's, hasn't played it yet but spoilers <laughs> Darth Vader is at the end so I for somehow somehow as much as I'm on Twitter I did not spoil that for myself <laughs> and when that scene came up the hair of my arms just stood up and I think I dropped the controller. <laughs> yeah, I just dropped the controller and saying to my, I was saying out loud, my wife wasn't even around. I was like, I don't have to fight him. <laughs> no. And then I, I think I died like three or four times before I wasn't in shock anymore. So, but yeah, and still playing my way through it three or four times when that scene comes up my hair still stands up on my arms because it's done so well but yeah the jedi fell in the is probably one of the other like you said the other types of media that has really gotten me going because i'm i mean right after i finished that game i'm like i want to know more about this night sister i want to mm -hmm. see more stories about her and cal maybe going off on their own adventures and like doing stuff so yeah they're it's, doing it's a second one, aren't they? Yeah, there's... Yes, yeah. they're doing a second one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good. Yeah. Yep, but I'm I'm just hoping all they bring all the characters back because they all survive, so bring them all back, send them on more adventures. So, yeah. Very cool. And what about you, Anthony? How do you... Um, how's your, your view on the entire supportive material uh, that we have available now? And... Uh, and then how does that play into the, the sequel trilogy and, and how you see the end of the Skywalker saga? Well, for me, in way of stories told in books and novels, 
I take them as pieces and parts that fit in the, the, the grander story where they go and has a story that hasn't been told there yet. I take it. I take each of them like that. Uh, novel Tarkin where mm. it fits. Yeah. Um, yeah. Each and every, whichever story it is, I just take it as another part of where it fits in the grander story. Cause I want to know what that is. I know as much about the whole thing from we're going to be getting whenever we do get, um, the prequel prequels. Oh yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a whole nother new set of stories right there, but the only way, the only one I don't follow and I can definitely use Pat's help in here. I don't follow the comics line of stories. Mm. Just for me, especially since even the original ones, comics, I know they have a point that they're aiming for, but sometimes to me, the stories seem to get just a little too fantastical that doesn't, in my opinion, feel very Star Wars. Hmm. But that novels, my, my podcast playlist is an adjacent thing. It's all the ends that carry me through minutes and hours and days of the week aside from these stories, but to have all the different conversations about this whole big galaxy. Yeah. That's, that's where I sit with that's carried me up through where we're sitting right now. The end of this big saga, the Skywalker saga, what's to come next. Mm. Right. It's really cool to be able to have such a community to have these conversations and have them multiple times and have all different, um, content in them. Mm -hmm. It's just really cool. Right. And different focuses, too, because, like, Pat, you will enjoy the comics where I don't really have that kind of time or that mm-hmm. sort of wherewithal to do it. I'll do the books, you do the comics, and you have that you have mm-hmm. that uh, sort of the basis covered for the – because they are obviously considered canon and uh, they're in you know integral part of the story. And, you know, like the Kylo Ren comics, for example, how they um, added into the Rise of Skywalker uh, – uh, sorry, the, well, the Skywalker saga, but the, orig- the, um, the sequel trilogy, but also giving backstory to – where those characters came from and you know they are supplemental but they are in there's in a sense the clone wars of the sequel trilogy yep yeah all right so uh i think we need to uh we need to ask the uh, all important question oh yes absolutely yeah. the very important question Jeff, um, if you could have lunch with anyone from star wars who would it be and what would you talk about? This uh, this pool includes um, creators, artists, actors, characters, uh, anybody that has been a part of Star Wars in any way. Hmm. Also includes Pat. Right. <laughs> and yeah. podcasters, exactly. That's a great point. Now, I never thought of that. <laughs> uh, so you ju- just made it super hard now. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh okay, all right, I'll make it a little bit easier. Um, <laughs> it, not me. No. Okay. Anybody but me. Right. Oh, thank God. <laughs> um, <laughs> I know a popular answer is George Lucas, and I may have said him at one time, but I probably would go with Kathleen Kenley. 
Ooh. Just Ooh. sit there, have lunch with her. Let's say what? Lunch is about an hour? For an entire hour. Try to get as much out of her as I can. <laughs> What's coming up in the future? <laughs> and don't He's... give me the runaround. <laughs> He's going to grill her. I, I don't want the Dave Filoni answers. You know? <laughs> Dave Filoni is the king of, you know, giving you the you know, little run around there. But I, I want the straight answers. And I, I think, you know, Kathleen seems like a nice lady. And you know, I think it'd just be really interesting to talk to her about the future of Star Wars. Plus all those other freaking movies she worked on in the 80s. Yeah, I mean, true. Raiders of the Lost Ark. I mean... Oh, the really cool stuff. Her working with Spielberg, how was that? And why haven't you gotten Spielberg to do a Star Wars film yet? Ooh. So, There's a question right I there. Mean, yeah, I would love if the news would break of that, that, hey, we're giving Steven Spielberg a, you know, just a one-off Star Wars movie. I would be all over that. He, I don't care what he does with... I think it would be great to do maybe... A Star Wars movie like a hundred years before a new home. Like mm. go back old since he did such a great job with Raiders and stuff, the, all the antiquity stuff like that he would be really good with, I think. So yeah, I think it would be Kathleen Kennedy and just like I said, grill her about the future of Star Wars, but then again talk to her about her awesome, you know, past and her career. Well, keep in mind, too, Jeff, that Steven Spielberg did have his hands in parts of The Phantom Menace. Yeah. Up in the oh, that's true. Yes, oh, he did. That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what we're going to do, Jeff, is we're going to schedule a two-hour lunch with Kathleen Kennedy because the first hour will be you signing all the NDAs. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's true. Yep. Well, Jeff, yeah. thanks for coming on today and uh, making this conversation so cool and so much better from your perspective and seeing your trans transition between the OT and, and the prequel trilogy and the sequel trilogy and to continue those fantastic discussions and the topics that you have and talk about, how can people find you and your show? Um, I do a show called the Blue Mill Cafe. Um, find, you can follow it on Twitter at that BMC pod. And of course you can listen to it on all the usual Podcatchers, Apple Podcast, uh, Spotify, Anchor, uh, Castbox, all of those type of you know podcast apps you can find it on. And I also co-host uh, another Star Wars slash geek show with uh, my friend Tristan, which we don't put it out as regular as we used to because Tristan's a college student. Which we you know come on college students. He should be having fun at his age. So whenever he's available, we're, we record. So, And that show is called The Canto Cast. And you could also follow that on Twitter at The Canto Cast. And if you want to follow me personally on Twitter, I'm at Fish Frick. That's F-I-S-C-H. And then Frick like Babu. So. Right. You're his, you're his cousin. I get it. Yeah, exactly. Twice removed. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. Well, I, yeah. I ain't even I ain't even posted my Saturday playlist yet. But Jeff, you and I had breakfast this morning. You was on my radio, buddy. All right. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh man. For Anthony, we have a question for you. <laughs> um, 
Again, uh, one of our favorite questions here. Um, if you could have lunch with anyone from Star mm-hmm. Wars, who would it be? What would you talk about? Now, you know, it's any character from the films, um, any actor, creator, artist, uh, anyone involved with Star Wars in any capacity, both real or fictitious. I'm going to use my playlist as my inspiration for my answer. Um, I'm going to say it was one last week and one the week before. Um, John, Lacey, and James from the Resistance Broadcast had J.W. Rinsler on a couple weeks ago. I think it was his second or third time. And that, I call that highly recommended listening Mm. to hear... To hear them just sit and talk for, I think it was around 90 minutes. And then last week, there were a couple different shows. It had Bill Stozak. We see him in the Twitterverse mm. posting up all these different concept ideas from everything from Rise of Skywalker. You name it. Whatever's coming up he, that he can go and share. I would want to sit with either one of them, too, and just talk about all the different ideas. Where, where did he get his inspiration from he does share that but that conversation can just go all over the place yeah that's awesome that is Mm -hmm. very cool and that also plays into like we spoke to um brandon wainerdy over at uh talking bay 94 and so not not necessarily the people who are in front of the film or the camera or behind the camera but like the support the support uh teams that make it all come together and that's a fantastic Mm -hmm. idea because then you're going to have the the inner workings the 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 important cogs within the storytelling that you can get some of those really cool details yeah that's that's what i learned from listening to those two different shows and having phil and jw on that they kind of go and give a wider scope because how we think these star wars stories are or should be made ain't how it's how it's done <laughs> if you right. listen to how they tell it yeah it, it, it comes from a completely other different way and i think it's um uh widely overlooked the idea of uh conceptualization and concept mm-hmm. art and those sorts of things because you when you have somebody uh like george lucas who's an idea man and you say oh, i have this idea about these you know, space battles and all this, um, that could have and would have fallen very flat if it wasn't visualized properly. And did third and fourth, fifth, sixth, <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yep. So, so it's, you know, it's one of those things where you've got these creatives behind the scenes that are really taking, pulling this, thought process out of someone's head and and putting a picture to it so that it can it can have that the desired effect where you've got you know uh the story i'm trying to tell oh yeah that's it this is this is what i want to show and then you kind of tweak it from there but it it wouldn't have been anywhere near a success if it wasn't for great concept thinking and, you know, advancing that story to something grossly successful. Mm. Yeah, it's it's kind of 
that's what I've been doing with our, our friend Michael, Two Med Two. Mm. And gonna be doing here is we're going through the Art of Rise of Skywalker book, uh, like a chapter at a time. And cool. yeah, it's just like th whoever the storyteller may be, they get to this group of artists and they explain in a few words, I need to have a flying creature with wings like this that's gonna do this. And then there's the words and the artist's gotta dream up whatever it is by way of sketches and drawings and then come back and show them, is this something like what you're looking at? And then tweak it and tweak it until it fits. Yeah, so it's the, just what just what Pat said. It's everybody doing their own parts and then coming back together and do it enough times, new Star Wars story. Oh, that's awesome. So good. That's really so cool. Good. That's <laughs> like uh, my wife got me the um, the Art of Rebels book. And uh, just going through some of the early iterations of the characters and all, it's like this was the original thought for these characters. And then, you know, here it goes to um, uh, to kind of tweak and, and change to be, you know, what we all know from from the films and the, and the shows and all. Yeah. It also it shows that those ideas, some of those ideas, Lucasfilm, especially the art department, never completely discards and deletes and I it, it no it gets saved yeah because mm -hmm. it may that's how we get Zebarellios. he was the original yep. concept that's, idea for yep. Chewbacca and I did not know that when Pat told me that and it's like that is such a cool call out just like you said Anthony that yep. it's not about recycling it's about you know it's it, the connotation of recycling is the you know you've found a new use for it I think that you know the concept art is sort of a masterpiece in waiting and then it becomes applicable to a new story and a new a, a new character or a uh, a new way of telling a story and that's what's so fan fantastic about the entire uh the entire universe of star wars yeah it just gets repurposed yeah repurposed there you go <laughs> so awesome <laughs> it's really very cool stuff i love i love concept art <laughs> that's why i would want to sit down with either one of them two fellers that's yeah, a fantastic right. answer yep. Fantastic There's answer. My pick. Okay, good, good. I love that. I don't think we've ever had anybody, uh, you know, um, include concept artists. No. In the, uh, That's a first. In the bonus question. Yeah, I love that. And I also think, uh, you know, anybody, Anthony is the first person to even offer podcasters. That's a fantastic inclusion. <laughs> As a potential. <laughs> well, it's Kazi Yuns. It. It's Kazi Yuns, and I know your show is still a little bit newer, but it's because of Star Wars podcasters. That I even chose to step foot in the Twitterverse because I've been listening for since 2011 to so many different shows, wow. so many years. Yeah, and I listen through, through days and weeks, listen to everybody for so long and get to know you as the folks you are. <laughs> it makes me feel like wow. Same same thing. Why Tumed does what he does? Wants to be friends with you because we listen to you and we're the same kind of fans together. Yep. Yeah. Well, dang yeah. it, I want to be friends. Yep, because we all share that common thread. So it's because of Star Wars podcasters, I do what I do. I don't <laughs> do it for me, I do it for everybody else. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and and if uh, people want to follow you, Anthony, how can they find you? Oh, you can see me floating around the Twitterverse, posting playlists for who I listen to and making them... Kind of like recommends. I, I I love listening to this, and I think you might just like it too. 
Mm-hmm. Find me in the Twitterverse at a. Royal Farmboy, or if you want to have a conversation, a. Royal Farmboy at Yahoo, Royal Farmboy at Gmail. Thank you very much for that, and you're a fantastic supporter of all the podcasts, and we really thank you for taking the time today and joining us for this fantastic exploration on the Skywalker saga. And I'll thank you for choosing to do what you do, sit down behind a microphone and talk in it for a spell, maybe with some friends, and then put it out and hope folks give a listen. All right, so I guess we we are um, online also. Yes, <laughs> we're on the interwebs. We're at. Uh, we are. We're at we uh, are. on Twitter. We're at Swations, and then uh, we have our a website. Yes, the website, which is what Conversations.com. There you go. <laughs> we also have a <laughs> Gmail account. Do you know the Gmail account? We do. It's um, Conversations at Gmail.com. Very cool. <laughs> we're on well Instagram. <laughs> we have we have Facebook. Right. And which... we're at Facebook.com forward slash Conversations. Yes. And then we're on Instagram at Conversations. Well, not at Conversations, but we're Conversations on Instagram. Correct. And Correct. <laughs> Get them Conversations in your playlist, friends. It's recommended listening by me. Yeah. See, Thank you. See, it. there you go. <laughs> and oh, we also man. have our Spreadshirt shop, which we have to update very soon. But we have our right. uh, hand jinks and uh, Luke Foolery going on there as well. We do. We do. Oh man! So we will uh, we'll get that up to speed also. Yes. At some point, we'll get our tech guy to work on it. Yeah, I guess. yeah. I don't know. Art department will be on it. We'll get our conceptual our guys on it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Uh, as always, this has been a been a blast. Yes. <laughs> and with that. Oh yes! With that, the force will be with you always. <laughs> hey, that's a good option. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe.